Hey, welcome back to a special edition episode of Pigeon Hockey. This is Chris and today's co-host, Sebastian. Hello, hello. And you notice we're just a goalie and a goon that have taken one too many pucks or fists to the head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. On this episode, we want to introduce another special goalie, our special guest, an assistant coach and goalie scout for the U Sports Nipissing University Lakers women's team, Frank Longo. Frank, welcome to the show. Hey guys, yeah, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. No, thanks for taking the time to jump on. It's always great to get another goalie on this episode. And I say special goalie because all of us to to play in that you have to be you have to want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you, have <wanna> be, <laughs> you have something special <laughs> happening. And uh yeah, we're uh I would say that uh, if you if you jump in that you're you're a special person. Goalies are awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate it. Definitely a special breed. Um, you know, it's definitely the joke that you, you hear a lot about in, in dressing rooms and obviously around the hockey world that, you know, you kind of have a loose screw, but being a goalie, but um, I wouldn't change it for anything in the world. So, no, no, I wouldn't either. It is really, in my opinion, the best the best position in all of sports. Um, so to actually get this started, actually tell us, uh, tell us and the listeners a little bit about yourself and what led you into the position with the Lakers. Yeah, so just a little more about myself. Um, I'm 24, almost uh, 25, I guess, in a month here. And yeah, I, I graduated from university, actually at Nipissing University, uh, fair enough. So, and graduated in 2020, um, got a position at Stansted College um, after my graduation as a varsity hockey coach there and worked in the admissions. So I actually did a lot of scouting um, there as well. And then uh, I was also doing goalie scouting for Nipissing University while, at, while I was at Stansted, just because of uh, you know how everything was going with covid so it was video scouting anyways so it was something that um i was able to do for my old university uh, and you know the head coach darren turkoff who now i work for um so you know got to kind of get my toes uh wet with uh with the lakers by doing that first and then uh it led me into the position here where um you know the season was approaching we kind of realized that there will actually be an oua season this uh this year and you know kind of got me in a little bit of a chokehold i didn't know if i wanted to stay in quebec and continue at the the high school level or uh or jump on an opportunity that's kind of far uh far in, in between um especially during this uh pandemic so the final coaching opportunity was tough and you know, something at the next level with a, in a location that I'm familiar with and, you know, that where I, I have uh, friends and family. So it made sense for me to come back. And, and now here I am. That's a good, a uh, good team to get to, to your toes with, with the Lakers. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely a special program too, uh, especially with the women's program that I'm with. Um, they've been nationally ranked now uh, basically every season for the last three or four and just a great, great culture. And that was one big thing for me too. I wanted to go into a, uh, you know, a culture and a, and a team atmosphere, uh, you know, where they want to win. Um, you know, they're, they're looking to win a championship and not in the rebuild or anything. And uh, and where, I, you know, I, I would, you know, gel with the, with the coaching staff, which, uh, you know, I was able to. And, I, again, I had previous history with them, so it worked out perfect. Awesome. Yeah. And, and talking about, you know, the Lakers and, and the current season, um, you guys are currently sitting second. You, you OUA East uh, behind Toronto with two games in hand. What's been the key to success so far this season? Yeah, there's been a lot of keys to success. I think, uh, you know, like I said, it's a it's a great organization and a great program. Obviously, you know, the you know having Darren, you know, lead the way and lead the ship. Um, very experienced guy. For a lot of the listeners that don't know who he is, he played for the New York Rangers and a bunch of other teams in in the NHL. He had a long career. He was an NHL All Star. So uh, after retirement, he you know landed in North Bay, and, and now this is where he lives and this is where he coaches. So. You know, obviously having him lead the ship is is massive. But then also you can go into a lot of things. Like we have some very, very skilled players. Um, and that's, again, a, a you know, 
thanks to Darren Turkov, you know, for the for the recruitment process that he's done over the last, you know, decade. Um, and yeah, there's and there's some local girls too that have, are on the team. So it's not even like recruiting all over. Sometimes just looking in your backyard. And um, like you know, one example is the Dominico sisters, uh, Maria Mallory. They they've been amazing and they have been since day one, being U Sport All Stars. So yeah, definitely offensively we've been we've been good. But I I don't want to I don't want to <laughs> say our goaltending is you know a big part of our success, but it has been. Um, you know, I've been very proud of our. Uh, you know, all three of our goaltenders, but, you know, the two especially that have been in the net so far this season, Chloe Marshall and Chantel Sanquist, like they've been, they've been amazing. So um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of things. Our defense has been great too. I just think our systems have been great. We've, you know, we've definitely not taken a lot of penalties, which is good. And yeah, we've just been consistent with our, with our gameplay. We, we put a um, consistent pressure when we need to. So it's been awesome. Championships start with goaltending, gold medals, Stanley cups, it all comes down to goaltending. So why is goaltending just the best position in all sports? <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's the thing. It's it's you kind of in your own little world, right? Like there's only you know one one player per team in that position on the ice, you know, and it's the unique in that way. And I just think it's it's just how important the mental part of the game is. Like for me, I like to I said I say it to my goalies. I like to compare goaltending to like you know a golf player. Like it's just so technical and it might it might not always be the most taxing because you you don't it's not always in your zone. But it's just such a mental, mental battle. And that's what I love about goaltending so much is um, the mental capacity of it, um, but also the technical package of it. You know, this, you know, being a creature of habit, you know, you know, working on those fine, those fine adjustments every single day and just working on it day in and day out, I think is what makes goaltending so cool. And um, just the ability to steal a game. Like, that's why I became a goaltender is. You know, I love that. I wanted to be that guy in the spotlight. I wanted to be the guy that had the pressure and, and you know, can dictate if we won or lost a game. Like, I wanted that weight on my shoulders and um, since a young age. And, and you know, that's why uh, I feel like goaltending is such a great position because you can literally steal a championship, like you said, um, you know, just by, you know, being the best on the ice. So that's uh, those are the big reasons why I love goaltending for sure. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. in my opinion, the best position in all of sports. And for the exact reasons you said right there, you really are in the spotlight the whole game. You never leave the ice. You you have to be mentally and physically in the game the whole time. And even in games where you're not receiving a lot of shots and sometimes your brain wanders, that can really backfire real quickly. Love the position. I love being a goal. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely the ability to bounce back to is massive, right? The being yes. resilient. Uh, so that's, again, all mental because – you know, there's going to be days where the puck just seems to be fine in the back of the net, like just hits off skates, off anything, right? And it's, you just yep. can't seem to stop anything. And it's, it's just the way hockey is. And that's what makes it. I feel like hockey is such a great vehicle for life, just like any sport. But, um, you know, it's the way you can, uh, you know, get, gain that mentality back to bounce back, uh, you know, when things aren't going right. So, yeah, have a memory like Dory. That's, uh, <laughs> exactly. that's yeah. the key. <laughs> yeah. No, oh, and I'm glad you brought up kind of like, you know, how, goaltenders know it's it's a big part of the mental game and you know working on your craft day in and day out and kind of getting into that groove for those who don't know ontario's back in prison and by prison i mean uh you know a lockdown <laughs> um so is there anything kind of going into the lockdown you asked your goal is kind of focus on during this this you know all air quotations around break since it was a forced break but is there anything really kind of you've asked them to kind of you know key in on focus on kind of just to be ready you know once things open up again yeah, I think it's kind of you sound like a broken record as a coach now after two years of kind of being in this uh, predicament. But um, no, for them really, it's just 
there's going to be a time where we're going to be playing again and just to be ready. And that's meant, I think mentally, just as much as physically, um, it's kind of tough right now, physically to be at your optimal shape, just because, you know, gyms are closed and, you know, we're not working one-on-one with our strength and conditioning coach, like we typically would if they were on campus, but, you know, there's a will, there's a way. So, you know, obviously there's home workouts and, you know, we've been doing stuff as a coaching staff to make sure our players are going to be ready when we do get back on the ice, but realistically just, you know, for, for my goalies, it's just being the right mind space, uh, the mind, the mindset too. But just like one thing I noticed with, you know, this generation too, and I, I talk about this a lot also with, with my athletes is just watch the game of hockey. I don't, I find a lot of goalies and a lot of players just don't watch NHL hockey the same way, you know, maybe we did growing up where like, it was like every single day, I'd, you know, you watch one or two games a night. And, like, just watching the game, you learn so much. It keeps your mind sharp. You know, you see the new trends in the game. You know, you learn so much from the commentary. Like, the amount of information you can learn just by watching the game is invaluable. Like, it's it's massive. So, yeah, it's, you know, for them, I think, is, is to definitely keep watching, you know, NHL hockey as well. It keeps their mind sharp, and it helps with their anticipation and their ice awareness. Yeah, it's important to watch the game when you're not on the ice, and especially as a goalie. I mean, I'm sure players to play out can definitely say the same thing, different things they can learn from watching. But as a goalie, I've learned one of the best things that made me better, not that I was ever good, but one of the things that would make me better was watching what another goalie was doing and literally critiquing everything from how they're handling a two-on-one coming in to a breakaway to just the scramble in front of the net, see how their position is, how deep are they in the crease, what are they doing. There's a lot you can learn from watching the other game and going, okay, this is where they right there. That's the moment they went wrong. I want to avoid doing that. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And even this, even the good things too, right? When you see, you know, a massive yeah. save or, you know, you know, a, a timely save and just kind of going back and, you know, watching what made them successful in that moment, you know, obviously like the typical stuff, like eyes going first, you know, leading with your eyes, uh, making sure your feet are set, like all those little things you can just notice in a multiple different sequences. So it's, it's good to, uh, like I said, watching hockey is, is massive for your own development too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so scouting, you mentioned that as well. Um, it's a big part of what you do. So what led you down that path and what are the specifics you're looking for when identifying potential talent in a goaltender? Yeah, so that kind of actually started at a young age. So like I said, I started coaching when I was 14, but I got my first like team experience when I was 18 coaching AAA. But before I even got into the AAA this, that, that same spring, um, I was helping being a, a tryout evaluator for Whippy minor hockey. So I was helping a bunch of different coaching staffs and teams from the AAA all the way to uh, select, pick their rosters, but specifically their goalies. So it was kind of my first exposure to scouting in a sense, uh, you know, got kind of some background knowledge on, you know, their previous season, you know, some stuff um, from the previous coaches and like basically helped the coaching staff decide who would be the best you know, for that particular level at that at that particular age. So that was really cool to kind of be on the other side of things. So I was still playing at that time. So, you know, being a part of the trial process as a goalie and then going into the room as a as a coach after as an evaluator was it was, you know, pretty cool. And I got to learn a lot and I started realizing, you know, this is something I wanted to do, you know, after university. And so I really set myself up over the years and, and continued to work on my craft and and yeah, and it, it got me the opportunity to do the scouting at Stansted and then at Nipissing. But yeah, I know like the biggest things that, you know, I look for for goalies, like that's, you know, that's a pretty open-ended question, but it's, it's, 
if you want to break it down for me as like as much as like a technical package is like important you know that's something you can teach in a, in a short period of time if they have the, the raw skill set for me like what i look for like the main components because i don't i don't care how well you move if you can't stop the puck then it, it doesn't matter anyways so for me tracking so you know yeah. like their visual attachment is massive like i don't care how well you move if you can't track a puck it doesn't matter so tracking is my biggest thing number one but then like that's even like number two like athleticism you know the creativity that's something you're starting to see less and less of nowadays and in, in goalies is you know you're starting to see a lot more goalie school goalies like you know that this robotic you know there's no there's no thinking involved in the game like the game is so unpredictable and you know you, there's gonna be times you're gonna be called to make unstructured saves and you can't just rely on your technical package you're gonna have to break structure to make those saves and that's where that creativity comes so like guys i think of that are like so creative that can like you know make that odd save it's like mark andre Fleury. Like that's like the first guy I think of, or, or Vasilevsky, like throwing a hand behind the back. Like it's those things that catch an eye of a scout is that creativity. But like to go in the same, you know, trio as like my top three, it would be also like your hockey IQ, like your ice awareness. Like, are you scanning for threats? You know, are you anticipating plays? Are you beating plays on your feet because of that anticipation? You know, those are my, th- like my trio that I live by, number one. But then you can get into obviously like, so many other aspects like their body language and the, the, the mental toughness you know how they're competing for for sight lines like their positioning like you can get into like all of it rebound control you know how the, the recovery tactics puck handling is a big thing now right yeah. so you can get into like a lot of things like how they maximize coverage and like we can get into a lot of that too i'm i'm six five so you know you would think like okay i'm only gonna be looking at big goalie because i was a big goalie but like that's not at all like one of my favorite goalies in the nhl is below six foot like it's just it's it, for me it's how you maximize coverage is 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 uh is very important too so you can be six foot or six five and there's times where you know a six foot guy is is maximizing more coverage than a six five guy right so yeah massive yeah and it's it's really important i mean one of the podcasts i i work with is a neutral zone so they're um a scouting organization there in north america and the most recent episode they dropped was back in early December and it was uh the Joe Exter out of Michigan State yep. and you know he was the next pro goalie big in college hockey and now again he's he's scouts and he's a goalie coach and stuff with Michigan State and it's really interesting to hear his episode and what he's looking for and when he's scouting when he's when he's coaching and and just everything that is involved with that episode and and just a lot of their stuff because it's NutriZone is focused around scouting. So the the people they've had before that you know like scout for Tampa Bay, I think Brian Putnam. But yeah, they've uh, it's really interesting to see what these different scouts are looking for and how niche goaltending uh, in particular is. Even to a point where he said, you know, I wanted to get away from that. I wanted to get into the head coaching positions, and and now he's like, it was. He says I wouldn't say it was looked down upon because I can't remember the exact words he used, but he's like, now does they use the term I'm a goalie coach. Now teams are really looking at you going, this is what we're needing. We goalies can really understand that watching another goalie a lot better. And, and just knowing like what their game is. And like, you saw it right there. Like what you said was goalies that are coming out of goalie schools where they're following these very structured routines, no matter what the play is, but you got to have that just instinct, like a Hashik where you just got to be able to throw them out there. Like Malcolm Subban's save, uh, he's a saber now. Malcolm Subban's save a few weeks ago where he reached backwards was just yeah. that you can't teach that. Yeah. Yeah. He, well, he even said on that, like that was 
you know, definitely a, a nice save for sure. I know exactly what the one you're talking about was like a counter rotation, but he even yeah. said like he only did that out of because because he has a habit of like you know an improper recovery tactic where he does that counter rotation like trying to recover for a rebound save and because yeah. of that inefficiency he was lucky that like it might have been, like he might just he might say that but like maybe in the moment he saw like his only option was to do that right so like yeah. it's just funny it's it's funny how you mentioned that Zach save because he's he wanted to blow it off as if you know it was luck based off you know something that's inefficient in his game but like you know I think in the moment when you know you're moving that way and the only option for you to maximize that coverage where you think the puck's gonna go was for him to you know to flip his hand around like to you know to twist his back and and to throw an arm out like that so like Vasilevsky's done it you know the behind the back he's done it yeah. a couple times now so you know you, once you see it on again like when you watch hockey once you see the best of the best in the world do these things for the first time just like the Zegras you know or you know the Michigan yeah. goal then then you know then it spreads across you know the world and other people start trying it so it's the same thing as goaltending you know watch the best of the best and see them do their thing and, and be creative and like I can say so many times in my career you know I've done something where like I probably would not be able to do it ever again, but like the yeah. create like the creativity behind it was because I saw Mark Andre Fleury do it or you know Roberto Luongo do it like back in the day. Like it was, it was something like that that caused me to you know to break structure like that and and be able to perform that. So you know, that's why I like to teach my goalies too for sure. Yeah, and and kind of just quickly um, before we kind of go into kind of the you know the personal questions I like to ask and have a little fun with the guests. One question I kind of want to bring up off the cuff for you and here at PHH we 100% think that OUA is elite and it shouldn't have been left off the list just kind of hoping we can kind of get your feedback on on why the you know OUA is elite yeah no like for sure it's it's an elite because just like it's an everyday grind like these you know these athletes you know I was a varsity athlete too when I was in university so like I can you know testify on it because I also went through it myself and it's a grind to be a student athlete like you're, it's every single day you're on the ice you have off ice you have meetings with mental performance coaches you know you have nutritionists you have a strength and conditioning coach you know we're on the road every weekend you know we, we're li- like you're living the exact same life as a professional just without the money that's all it is. that's the only difference is you're not you might not have you know thousands and thousands of thousands of fans every single night and you know people buying your jersey but you know you do have a fan base you do have you know a school behind you you do have that commitment that's the same as a professional athlete so you know for them not to be considered a lead I think is honestly a joke um and but like my my one you know piece of advice or my voice you know is not going to change anything um completely um but I think they realize you know obviously it's a joke and it's a mistake and I think there will be a change coming obviously nothing's been announced yet I haven't heard anything personally I know there's been a lot of you know letters and you know, tweets and social media aspects, movements, and I've been a part of them. I'm obviously trying to, you know, advocate for, uh, you know, OUA and U sports in general, but at the end of the day, that's going to be their decision. And, you know, we're running out of time here. Like, we're already, we're going to lose a few games because of this. So I'm hoping it doesn't continue. We'll, we'll find out in next, uh, in the next week or so, but I feel like we've been saying that now for days. So uh, let's hope uh, something happens here. No, and you're absolutely right. I mean, I think at the end of the day, you know, when you think of what elite is, like you said, you know, it's the money that goes into these programs to, you know, continue both men's and women's careers after this. I mean, some of them go overseas to play, some of them play professional, wherever it is. But like a lot of people use OUA as a way to ramp up into what eventually becomes a career for them or, you know, at least kind of pushes them on to the next level. And it's just 
I guess, mind-boggling, especially to us. I mean, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but that was left off the list. But, I mean, things that go on in Ontario lately have been, you know. It just doesn't make sense because, like, exactly. they, have high school, they have high school sports as elite, and then the teams that – the leagues that feed into the OUA are considered elite, but then the OUA is not elite. Like, that makes – that's like saying the AHL is elite, but the NHL isn't. Like, what – like, how, how does that even make sense? Exactly. And that's kind of, you know, we've kind of had that discussion. That's why I want to kind of get a you know, perspective of someone who's in the OUA now working with the OUA, just because for us, we kind of talked about it. And it's just kind of, it's a head scratcher. And I think it's just kind of a, you know, just I, I in call the it it's a slap in the face. Yeah, it's literally a slap in the face. And, and that's literally it. And I mean, you know, Ontario is just a mess right now. We can, we can be honest about that. Um, yeah. And hopefully, you know, <laughs> things get fixed soon and you guys are back on the ice and, you know, even, even when you think about even just like kids sports, you look at the mental health aspect and you, you look about, you know, call them, still kids, I mean, but OUA athletes who, young adults who, this is their life right now. Like they dedicated everything to it. And now they're kind of told, hey, you know, if you if you hadn't committed and you're still playing whatever league, you could still be playing right now because you're in the OUA, you can't. But anyways, let's just, I think we, we get where everyone stands on this. It is one of the dumbest rulings I've ever seen. But let, let's get into something a little lighter. Let's get a little. Let's get to know Frank. Let's get to know Frank, the goalie coach. Let's get to know Frank, the person. So obviously, you know, we're we're trapped in another lockdown here. So when you're not working with you know the goalies and you're not scouting, like what do you do for fun? Like what what what's what's like a typical? Let's let's even take COVID out of it. What's your typical like just you know weekend without COVID? Yeah, well that's it's kind of ironic. Like honestly, my life is is hockey. Like 98% of my time is is dedicated to this. Like if I'm not doing it for work, I'm doing it out of, you know, you know, pleasure. So that's ODR, like going to the outdoor rink or um, with buddies or, you know, watching hockey with, with friends, you know, those are like, those are kind of the biggest things, but more like, yeah, about myself, like I, I'm a big reader. I love reading books. So if I do have some downtime um, or even on the bus, you know, I'll bring a book with me just cause I, I like reading. So that's a big thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty big into investing too. So that's something I kind of picked up into the last, uh, the last couple of years with my buddy here. So we both kind of just, we both knew nothing about investing. We thought we would have the time to uh, kind of sit down and learn a little more about it. And it's kind of been something I, I enjoy uh, doing as well. So yeah, those are kind of like two big things and anything outside, like that's one reason why I also love coming back to North Bay is just because it's so scenic here and um, there's so many options, outdoor options uh, for fun, like, you know, the hiking and, you know, you can go skiing. There's just, there's just so many options. So just kind of like outdoor stuff. If it's, it doesn't matter what the season is. So, you know, those are the kind of the biggest things. But like I said, majority of my life is dedicated to the sport. So it has been since uh, since I can remember. So any good book lately that you can recommend? Yeah, uh, Winning by Tim Grover. So uh, that's uh, the trainer for Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan. A really good book about growth mindset and kind of like what it takes, to, you know, accomplish whatever you want in life but well, that's a good one uh green lights by matthew mcconaughey was a was a good read yeah i can get the i have so, I have so many books i can like get into here like uh trying to think what else i have like i've yeah there's been a lot of, like uh the obstacles away by ryan holiday the eagles the enemy by ryan holiday like those are those are probably two of my favorite all time but yeah like i, like I said big reader in personal development and growth mindset just to help with coaching help with you have to make sure you're good internally too, you know, to be able to project out to the right people, like uh, your athletes and, and the people you're around. So um, I feel like reading does that for me for sure. Yeah. And maybe for anyone that wants to stick around for the bonus episode, we'll talk a little bit more of uh, certain books you're reading and we'll get some recommendations. But in the meantime, for this episode, uh, you're an aspiring NHL goalie scout right now. 
tell us some of your favorite NHL attendees and why. Yeah, uh, well, my all-time, my my favorite all-time is Mark Andre Fleury. So, so he's he'll always be my guy. He's so the number one for sure. You know, love Jordan Bennington. I just love the swagger. You know, obviously a very athletic goaltender. Just love his story. Kind of comes from the same area as me. Near, uh, he's from you know the Toronto area, so that's the same as me. I mean, just kind of like what he did when they won the cup, you know, a few years back in St. Louis. So, love him. One of the goalies I mentioned, like I said, who's below six foot, that like, you know, I've really become a big fan of is Igor Sazurkin in uh, in New York. Uh, he's been amazing there, and it, he's been a lot of fun to watch. Very athletic, very quick. And then obviously Vasilevsky. Like those would be like my top four. I would say that you know, goalies that you know I would like you know attributes that I would look for in a goalie when I'm scouting between those four. For sure. Best position in all sports. I'm sticking with it. 100%. 100%. You know, talking about North Bay, and like you said, it, it is kind of, it's a beautiful spot, winter, summer. I mean, I'm sure winter isn't fun there, but it's still beautiful. <laughs> uh, summer is a lot more fun. But, you know, kind of talk about getting on the weekend, stuff like that. So for anyone who ever will be in North Bay or anyone who's in North Bay, what's your one go-to spot for a grub? Oh, for sure. Like Burger World would be like number one. Uh, it's it's only in North Bay. They have two locations. Oh, great place. Cheap food. It's like a, it's a perfect like, universe, like university level, uh, you know, kind of like pop and pop and mosh shop. So definitely hit that one up if you're in North Bay. It's like I said, great burgers, unreal buffalo chicken wraps. Um, and also if you're hungover, that's the place to go for sure. So and it won't, <laughs> well, it won't dent your bank account either. That's the best part. You you look at it, it's like 20 bucks and you're absolutely full. So, so definitely that. Yeah. It's definitely one of like the, the best parts of like that. I mean, you want to call North Bay kind of, you know, small town, small area, whatever, but like, it's just, just the locals and just honestly, just how beautiful it is. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah. It's definitely, like I said, a very scenic place. Uh, Kind of like a cottage country town, but it's definitely growing since I've been here since 2016. It's uh, you know, definitely growing up here. It's, I think it just got ranked number one by U-Haul, like the city that's growing the most or something like that. I, I, something like that, yeah. So. Ooh, if you're hearing that, people cool. of North Bay, lock down your properties now. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's gone up a lot. The, yeah, we can get into all the real estate stuff, but it's gone up a lot here in North Bay for sure. The last, uh, the last couple of years, especially. So. Well, I've, I've driven through it. I, at least once, if not twice. And it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, just gorgeous. Because I was driving uh, when relocating from Utah to eventually Copenhagen. We ended up going down to uh, Ottawa. Uh, we went through Sault Ste. Marie at the border and then down. So you go right through North Bay on that. Yeah, or at least yeah. I think you do. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you would for sure. Yeah. yeah, gorgeous, gorgeous area. So I can see why people are uh, you know, flocking there. Um, and then we'll talk more on the bonus episode for those of you that want to stick around. But for this episode, we're going to wrap it up and we're going to wrap it up with our um, nonprofit of the episode. And that's going to be the Conservation Corps North Bay. It's the oldest local nonprofit youth conservation corps in the country, serving Marin and Sonoma counties since 1982 and has helped thousands of young people achieve their goals through education and job skills while serving the environment and community. So give them a look at ccnorthbay.org. Link will be in the episode description. We also want to thank again our special guest today, assistant coach and goalie scout for Nipsing Lakers women's team, Frank Longo. Frank, thanks for joining us again. Thanks again, guys. I appreciate it. And uh, we also want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in. So be sure to follow us on Twitter, PHH Official, to let us know what you think. Also, be sure to comment and share any upcoming games or hockey news we should cover in a future podcast. This is a special edition episode of Pigeon Hockey with Chris and Sebastian. Have a great day. 
And remember, always clear your crease.